So when you're doing something that challenging and that experimental and that original, um, you find sort of, again, like-minded people that see that and they sort of like want to be part of it. And so these sort of insurmountable issues um, suddenly become doable. Orbiting 250 miles above, the space station provides us with the ultimate view of planet Earth. From this perspective, we ask our guests to engage with six questions that orbit around wonder and stories of hopefulness. For the next few minutes, this is our wonder space. Welcome to the 127th episode of the Wonder Space podcast. My name is Steve Cole, and over the past three years, I have asked the same six questions to amazing people from around the world. Questions that orbit around wonder and stories of hopefulness. This week on Wonder Space, we orbit with Chris Duffy. In 2002, Chris started Duffy London, a design studio devoted to combining art and function. They concept and create unique, innovative furniture, lighting and interiors using fully sustainable and recycled materials and packaging. All their products are handmade to order by skilled craftspeople in the UK and in their workshop in East London. His work has been exhibited around the world and is part of the permanent national collection at the Louvre in Paris. In this episode, Chris talks about his latest bamboo water taxi venture, which he hopes will be taking to the water in the next few years. With this expansive overview of Earth, I start by asking Chris if we could do a flypast over any part of the world that is significant to you. Which place, city or country would it be and why? Well, basically, I'm the biggest bore in the world. I'll probably get thrown off the space station to drive the astronauts crazy. Anything I've ever lived or ever else, I'm always pointing out. So every time it's on TV or a film, it's like, I used to live there. I used to live there. So, of course, every time I went over London, I'd be pointing out my, my house. I'm going, oh, that's my house. Like the sort of Tower Bridge. I'm like, just there, you know. So East London, really, of course, is like uh, my most spent most of my life at my home and where I work and everything, but um, everywhere I've ever lived and visited as well. Chris, give us a glimpse into your life story so far with an emphasis on what you're doing currently. 20 years plus now, I've been designing and I'm, I'm always in the realm of tables and furniture and so on because though it does take like, you know, they can even take tens of thousands of pounds to develop a new concept. But uh Back to sort of my boating days and stuff, I've always been passionate about boats. So every once in a while, I have an idea about a, a, a boat and I'll sort of basically get my like an amazingly talented design team who work on all the CAD and the rendering programs and basically in the office next to me. And I'll go in there and I'll be like, stop, okay, like palate cleanser time, forget furniture, forget everything. Here's this idea for... Uh, a boat, we're going to spend one day, you know, we're going to spend one day taking my little tiny sketch and making it into amazing uh, photorealistic renders, just something that gets this idea across, noted down, a day away from uh, tables or, you know, chairs and things. Um, 
And so basically that day I designed a sort of a, uh, a boat made of bamboo that had solar panels on the top and electric drivetrain. And I just, and I just thought it would be just a great idea to have, um, take this sort of ancient, well, prehistoric technology for making boats and then pick, fix that with the most up-to-date technology to make something undeniably green. Because I'll see people sort of making electric cars and green cars and these are all things I love and everything interesting, but it's always like this backlash, always oh, like green, all the materials and whereas I'm like, let's make something no one can argue with, yeah? Bamboo, solar, it's electric, yeah? Can't argue, this is possibly the greenest form of transportation since a log and a paddle, you know, um, ever ever created, you know? So it did that, and it, does, it was just going to be that, it was just going to be a sort of um, uh, a palate cleanser like that, and then... Um, uh, and then it's just like just during lockdown as well. I was like, there's like one pub that was still open in um, <laughs> in London Bridge. And then uh, so I was there meeting a friend of mine, Al, um, who, who's a friend from art college in East Town. We, we made friends all this time. So this was only, yeah, so, so I was there having a drink. And he's like, oh, yeah, like every time we, we sort of we drink meat sort of usually weekly, you know, for a beer and um, we'd always ask what I'm up to this week and what new designs. I'm always developing new designs just nonstop, you know? And I said, oh, you might like this one. This is the fun one I'm showing him the boat. And he's like, I love that. I love that so much. And like, he just um, sold his tech company. And he's like, come on, I'll stick some money into this, into your bamboo boat or develop this as like a company. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is just like an exercise in getting something that's in my head, out of my head so I can move on and make the next table um but uh, he's like no 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 i'll put some money in develop it more develop it more so really since over the last couple of years we've just been developing it developing it because i've got um, basically we're set up to develop anything really because the companies because we also we'll work on cad it's all rendering like um it's all engineering it's all manufacturing so it can be a table or it could look like to be a spaceship it's all the same tools and all my guys are experts in these things. So I spent the last couple of years developing it and it kind of taken on a life of its own. And as, as soon as anything sort of leaks out about it, um, people sort of want to join up. So we've had like um, KUKA Robotics, who make those big robot arms and make all the cars and stuff. They're like, oh, we love it. You know, our robot arms can do all the 3D printing and all the sort of additive manufacturing you need. So they've come in. Um, we've had uh, sort of city university. They do like sort of wind tunnel testing and fluid dynamic testing on their supercomputers and in real life. And um, they've got all this expertise in marine um, uh, stuff. Um, uh, we've got other oh, so other big companies that want to come in on the powertrain. Um, so when you're doing something that challenging and that experimental and that original, um, you've find sort of, again, like-minded people that see that and they sort of like want to be part of it. And so these sort of insurmountable issues um, suddenly become doable. And you're like, wow, you know, you know, if I just looked at it, the, the, they would, it would have been like, nope, stop, that's not going to work. But somehow it comes together and um, uh, we find a solution. Where on earth is your place of reset or recharge? So, um, mum and dad bought this years ago, like a lot of years ago, sort of uh, around 2000, uh, an amazing uh, apartment in the very southern 
bottom of Spain on the border of Portugal. So right on the border, right down there. And somehow they managed like, to buy this place in the most beautiful part of Spain. It's really, really Spanish. It's not like a tourist a tourist thing. I think it was parked right on the beach. Um, and it was, uh, it's amazing. And they were going to sell it because they're like getting a bit too old to travel there now. And I oh, can't go there anymore. And I'm like, God, God. <laughs> so I managed to negotiate a friends and family discount and, <laughs> and purchase it off them. Um, so keep it for myself. Yeah. So, um, I did sort of point out that, uh, it's just a waiting game. If I waited it out, I'll get it for free, but, um, they weren't having that, so let's <laughs> do So uh, I, bought, <laughs> I bought it off them. So that is my place of um, absolute rest and recharge and uh, is vital. It's like a life support system. What wonder of the natural world excites you the most? I was thinking of a natural phenomenon that kind of took my breath away, like, Literally, uh, it was like last year, um, around this, uh, this sort of time last year in the, in the sort of the winter season, I was invited by a friend who does the giant wave surfing in Nazare in Portugal, sort of near Lisbon. Um, I think it was like, and he's got like a, a giant wave surfing. It's like a team sport and he's got his own team and their little garage next to the, uh, the, the Red Bull team. And he's like, Chris, come on, you gotta come down. I'll come out on the jet ski, I'll tow you out. Come down. So I'm like, yeah, I'll come down. So, okay. So I went down and find out a bit more about it and see him like, like, like I would. Um, and you go down there and it was like there were these, these huge, you see the huge waves. So there's huge waves and there's this like lighthouse they crash up near and it's like, uh, and you go, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that's quite a big wave. But, you know, you don't think too much of it. Then you go down to the beach, you get on the beach again, you, you look at the waves, you're thinking, oh, yeah, okay, big waves. And they see, you feel it like, get right down in the spray and you sort of feel it and you look at it and like, but you're not getting it you're not getting it and then then you see like a little tiny dot on this wave and you're like what's, what's that little black fly on this wave and you're like and that's a person surfing on this wave you're like what then your brain starts to get the scale of these things and you're like oh my god because obviously before you got a wave and you got the sky and all these things are big and there's, you can't understand the scale of it. So, but by these absolutely insane human beings putting themselves onto this wave, you can start to sort of like understand the scale and the power of these waves. And like, yeah, when you see them, it's like, it's not like, it's not like you can't negotiate with it. You can't, you can't work with it. You can't like talk like this thing's coming, you know, it's just like a mountain range that's coming at you at 60 miles an hour and whether you like it or not and then you've got to deal with that so, so i think that's a, a natural wonder that yeah that took my breath away um recently whilst orbiting around wonder here is another one minute wonder from our friends at ask nature who look to nature for inspiration to solve design problems in a regenerative way Owls are renowned as silent predators, capable of flying just inches from their prey without being detected. The quietness of their flight is owed to several kinds of specialized feathers, 
which break up turbulent airflow and allow them to swoop and soar silently through the dark of the night. On the leading edges of the feathers on the owl's wings, there are small projections that researchers believe break up incoming air into smaller flows that are quieter and more stable along the wing. These smaller flows make their way down the owl's wing to the trailing edge of the primary feathers, which end in a soft fringe. This fringe breaks up the airflow further as it sheds off the wing, resulting in a significant reduction in noise. Any remaining sound that would be detectable by the owl's prey is absorbed by velvety down feathers on the owl's wings and legs. All the while, these feathers provide insulation, lift, and visual camouflage as well, playing a complex and multi-layered role in the life and abilities of these impressive birds. Chris, what is your story of hopefulness as not your own, about a person, business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world? I mean, I watched um, uh, a YouTube with this, like, Mr. Beast the other day. I don't know if you've seen this. And he does, like, a hundred wells. He goes to Africa. He's just a YouTube guide, YouTube zillionaire. Uh, and he just does these things. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Africa and build a hundred wells in a, a month or something. And just goes out and gets the rig together, gets all the stuff together, and just goes, boom, village to village, bam, 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 and, like, sticks in a well. And all these people that have been walking hundreds of miles for the water and dying of dysentery and whatever else, you know, suddenly every school's got a fresh well in it, you know, which affects, like, the health of all the kids, and then all the whole village can use it, and just have this massive knock-on effect. And I'm like, it's such a simple thing, and, like, each well... Uh, it wasn't like it was masses of money, but once it sets up with its solar panels and its tanks, the effect that was having, and I'm like, my God, that always puts into perspective how <laughs> little I'm doing. Um, <laughs> good, like, you're like, wow. Like, if we had a bit more of that going on, um, that's, um, uh, that's amazing. Finally, as we prepare to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, what insight, wisdom, or question would you like to leave with us? Well, as an artist, they always used to feast and famine. Obviously, at this period, we had a very quiet period. If that sort of goes on for too long, like I say, you sort of, you've got to feel and think, is the way that we're going the way I really want to go? You know? Um, have I, or just been like, just been sort of just um, putting out fires, bomb, 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 too long without actually taking coordinates, seeing how far of course we've drifted from original goals and where we wanted to be and what we're looking at do i want to carry on doing the same thing for another decade you know time is getting short how many decades have i got left and do I, will i turn around and go what the hell was i doing making another one of those you know i should have been pushing sort of this direction so again this has been a period for me of like really taking stock and I've, like i say i've got the the new um projects are underway and been really had to push forward with that and that sort of flying. So like for me, maybe is that the way um, I'm supposed to be going? Am I going to, should be following this route, which I sort of feel that maybe I should be. And like with the Duffy London, again, like I'm uh, with the, the furniture and everything else, that's always going to be something that I love and is part of me, but maybe sort of more selective on what, which projects I take on. Do we keep going this direction just because it's financially successful or even um, critically successful. Um, or do we, maybe an anarchist, shed all that and say, that's done, 
I've said what I want to say on that subject. Let's move forward and um, try a different way of doing things and perhaps a different life in a way. To find out more about Duffy London and see some of their incredible designs, go to duffylondon.com. You'll also find links to other projects, including the bamboo water taxi concept. I want to thank Chris for joining us on Wonderspace this week and for engaging with our six questions. I finish with a question to you. What is your story of hopefulness that's not your own, about a person business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world. A story that makes a name for someone else. Thanks for listening.